0: You're listening to Behind the Impact, the podcast that looks at how the most philanthropic companies on the planet are making impact, as told by the very changemakers that make it happen. Hello and welcome to episode number 12 of Behind the Impact. I'm your host, Jeremy Brown. And in this episode, Kendra Ross, the head of social impact at Duolingo, joins the show to talk about her career, which is very interesting, and her vision for Duolingo's social impact efforts. This is a great episode. Sit back and enjoy it. Kendra, welcome to Behind the Impact.
1: Thank you, Jeremy. Thank you for having
0: me. It is my absolute pleasure. And I'm really interested to learn more about your background. Uh, So your professional career before you got into social impact, is very interesting. And I feel aligns with a lot of folks who are now in the profession where they started off in a totally different career path, but made that career transition. So that's where I would like to start first before we get into Duolingo. Uh, Let's go back in time and talk a little bit about your professional career leading up to social impact. Can you give me that little overview?
1: Okay. And I'll try to keep it short because it's sort of long and unusual. Um, I think if you look at each step in my career path, it looks like I'm kind of like all over the place and it doesn't make sense that I've ended up here. Um, But I think, you know, in retrospect for me at least, if I map out all my different steps along the way and I see them in one big picture, it makes total sense that I ended up here. So like I started my career, you know, I went to college for music business and technology um, and that's what I did for the most part the greater part of my career. I was in the music business, uh, working at record labels, publishing companies, um, publicity agencies, um, on the um, sort of the business side, uh, doing everything from being an administrative assistant to running a department that handled logistics for record labels. That was probably my last uh, official role at a a music company. But also I maintained a career on the creative side at the same time, uh, being a recording artist, a background singer, a songwriter, You know, arranger. Um, So I would do those things simultaneously. You know, by day, I'd be in a corporate office on a boardroom, and at night, you know, I would often be on stage or in a studio. And it really gave me a lot of empathy for both sides um, of like what it takes to run a business where your product is someone's creative intellectual property, and what it takes, on the other hand, to like give your intellectual property to someone else and say, hey, can you help me make a living from this? And, so in addition to that though, I started to get to a point where I was like, this is really important and I think music is great. And the music business is obviously a thriving business, even though there was a time when I thought it was gonna end. Um, and I got interested in looking at other things about the world. And so I went to graduate school for anthropology um, and everyone was like, huh, what is going on? I don't understand this. So in any given day, I might be you know, in a boardroom in the morning, in the afternoon, in a classroom learning and then in the evening back to the studio. Um, and all these varied experiences, like I said, helped me create greater empathy from for different like points of view, different kinds of people. It got me really interested in traveling. Um, and part of the way I did that is as a volunteer, working with youth groups, um, um, volunteering to take them on trips. And we taught them, you know, I worked for an organization as a volunteer where we taught them how to be community organizers and how to improve their community. So everything started to become building blocks to where I am now. Um, more volunteer opportunities, mentorship opportunities. I was always a prime candidate for mentoring programs. So they were like, oh, you've done all these things. The kids are going to love you. Um, So that kind of became my thing. And so when I moved back home to Pittsburgh from New York and LA, um, I started to think about how all these things kind of come together. And I did that in a few ways as a volunteer, working with artists in the community, as a consultant. um, I started a consultancy with friends where we did community engagement work for local organizations and nonprofits. And then finally, um, deciding to enroll in a PhD program here in community engagement, which I had never heard of. And that program really trained us to become what we call scholar practitioners. So we not only like looked at leadership and social entrepreneurship or corporate social responsibility from an academic perspective, but then we were tasked with doing kind of real world work in the community, uh, either through internships or, uh, or through service projects. Um, and that really kind of led me to the interest of where I am now is like taking all these experiences that I've had um, in service and use them in service to the community. And that's kind of how I ended up where I am right now.
0: So when you think about getting your Ph.D. in community engagement, what about engaging the community resonated with you?
1: Well, I will start with I'm from Pittsburgh, where Duolingo is located. Pittsburgh is a very particular kind of city. We a lot of people talk about it being the tale of two cities. You know, it's the city where people say it's the most livable city in the world or in the in the country at some point, not the world, in the country. We were number one, I think now we're like number two most livable city in the country. However, at the same time, we hear reports coming out that for pe- black communities, particularly black women, you could probably live almost in any other city um, in the country and fare better than you do in Pittsburgh, you know, as a whole. Um, And so I was always interested in, you know, why can't some of the experiences that I've had that I've had to have because I went to other places be commonplace for the people that I came up with I went to Pittsburgh public schools K through 12 the the bulk of my like arts education happened through the public school system or through scholarships and so um it was always like of interrogation of my own experiences to say why am I looked at as some kind of an a, exception you know I didn't come from like this you know this kind of like you know, well-to-do family. I came from a Pittsburgh public school background. I came from a working class kind of community. Um, And so that has always been the core of why I got so interested in community, not being okay with other people not having opportunities that I've had or opportunities that I I long to have and that are not available to me even. Um, So that's really the core of where like my passion for this work has come from.
0: And so now you mentioned Duolingo. Mm -hmm. So this is a good time to transition to that. So you recently became the head of social impact at Duolingo. Can you talk to me a little bit about the company and what attracted you from the kind of impact perspective in terms of getting into that role, being able to utilize your experience and the company resources to make a difference in the community?
1: Okay, sure. So while I was in my PhD program, I was still working in the music business um, at first, um, working in New York and L.A., living in Pittsburgh, kind of flying back and forth or driving back and forth a lot. And I started to get to feel, have this sense of, you know the music business is great and music is important, but I think the things I'm doing on the side as a volunteer, I would like them to be like at the forefront of like what I do in my day to day. I mean, I'm still an artist and all those other things and I always will be like, but like, I wanna make a living off of serving people in a different kind of way. So for a minute, I thought that meant I needed to get into the nonprofit. World. Um, and I did that as a consultant and realized that that wasn't necessarily the answer. And that, in fact, uh, for us to really push the needle, move the needle, uh, push the needle, and, uh, and really make impact in the world, we need everyone at the table, like all stakeholders. We need, you know, we need corporate the corporate entities, we need government, we need uh, nonprofits, we need, you know, everyday citizens. And so you know, I have this, you know, 20 plus year career in the business side of the entertainment industry. Um, And a lot of that was working with tech teams. I did a lot with digital transformation. Um, I did like, you know, logistics and operations for our digital operations teams. And I thought, why can I continue to build upon that? Also, at the same time, I have this academic, you know, background, I have all these degrees. I have now been a professor. Um, What are the ways I could bring these things together? And I really couldn't figure out like where I could do that in a place like Pittsburgh because I feel just to be quite honest after working in New York and LA that Pittsburgh is such a traditional type of city I didn't think that my way of kind of working was going to work here until I started to look at places like Duolingo where I said you know Duolingo is so committed to Pittsburgh but at the same time is kind of uh very like free thinking and open in a way that I'm accustomed to in these other kind of more coastal cities um, and so I was looking at Duolingo just as like, oh, wouldn't it be great to work here? You know, uh, I like the product, you know, I like the mission. Um, and there was a position that I saw, I was like, oh, this is pretty cool. And then someone said, Kendra, they're looking for a head of social impact. This is basically what you do, you know, as a, as a consultant, You know, and, and so at first I just said, well, I'll give it a shot. They're probably looking for someone who like, really like has been doing this already. But I applied anyway. And then when I got the call, I literally made it my mission to get this position. So I became the expert in all things Duolingo. Um, I became the expert in all things social impact. And I did what I do best, which is I just did some really deep research and realized, oh my gosh, I am totally prepared for this. And I'm prepared to do this in a really kind of more nuanced way. Um, And I really believe that, you know, I'm not saying i was the only right person for this role but i really felt like um i was the the kind of person they needed someone who had a background um in a a variety of things but also understood pittsburgh because duolingo at its core is very even though we're a global company there we are really committed um to the pittsburgh region
0: so i want to unpack something that you mentioned so you mentioned doing deep research into the role to social impact I feel a lot of individuals are in that same boat where they may not have the traditional experience that a lot of companies look for. When you think back on that deep research phase of of your life for that role, what are some of the things you learned in terms of like what type of information you need to know going into a role like this where you don't have you know x amount of experience, but to elevate yourself um, and to make yourself um, look more appealing to an employer that is looking for a certain amount of experience that you may not have?
1: That's a great question. I think first and foremost, people always talk about understanding transferable skills, but that's really hard for people to kind of like understand if they've been in this, if they haven't been in these other spaces, they don't know what that looks like. For me, being an artist, I think my greatest gift is storytelling. And I was able to tell a story that aligned with the job description aligned with the mission of the organization and was authentic. So I, I didn't pretend to do something that I didn't do, but I would have, I was able to translate and say, you know, you're looking for X. Well, I did Y, and if you really look at it, these are very similar. Like these require the same skill set. Um, and so, and at at my core, I'm a learner. Um, and Duolingo, our our customer is our customers are learners. I, I understand the customer. And I'm also an educator. I understand what you're trying to convey to them. So I was able to kind of just tell my story in a really, uh, I think, compelling way because I started to really think about what they said they needed and what I've been able to do. And I think, again, having these varied experiences, working in these different parts of organizations, I've worked with developers, I've been at the table, I've done project management, I've done all these things. And so a lot of it was just kind of like concatenating and making it it make sense um, and aligning it with what they said that they needed. And, and 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 being honest about where I wasn't as strong but where I believe I could, you know, I could learn, you know, because I I'm a, a lifelong learner.
0: We all are. I love that. I feel like you're the first person I've had a conversation with that mentioned storytelling and the importance of that, especially when you're talking about transferable skills. Cuz you know that 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 question of, you know, if you're in the nonprofit sector for example and you're looking to make that career transition, what are the transferable skills? That question comes up so many times, but no one really talks about storytelling and how you utilize your experience and connect the dots between the transferable skills and the current role. So that's super powerful.
1: Yes, thank you. Storytelling was one of my words for last year, actually. Like how do how do we tell more compelling stories? Not just through like art, but like through everything, through business and everything, so
0: yeah. I'm curious, just kind of staying on the storytelling front, your time in entertainment business, what did you learn about storytelling?
1: Hmm. What did I learn about storytelling from my time in entertainment business? That, uh, that, and I I don't know if I learned this from my time in the music business, I learned this from being an artist also, that uh, by really owning in on the specific, we tend to be able to be more universally appealing. When we try to be all things to all people, you know, you lose that nuance and you lose that authenticity and that transparency, but you really own it on the specific and, and, and um, it becomes more universal to more people. And, and I think TV and film it demonstrates that because we watch stories. I mean, like some of my favorite TV shows are like random British crime shows, right? I have nothing in common with these people, but the way the stories are told with such specificity with the accents, and you know, you know it they narrow in on the very specific the emotion behind it and the core is very universal, and it makes it more appealing to me. As to people who try to like kind of just like bone it in and just like use a lot of cliche and pop culture references in order to draw me in because they think I fit a certain demographic, I'm not drawn to that. and I think we, that same thing can be used in business. Um, it's really owning in like for instance, we'll probably get to it later, but in terms of our social impact strategy at Duolingo, right now, I'm really owning in on the, the very local. Like how can we be a better citizen right where we are in the corner we're in, in our neighborhood that we're in? Because I believe if we own in on that first and really are true and authentic with where we are locally, we can have a more a kind of global impact over time. Um, and so that's really, I think, one of the things I've learned, like I guess from art and music as well.
0: Oh, that's so powerful. So that's actually a good segue into Duolingo. Um, So can you tell me a little bit about the current kind of social impact efforts of Duolingo?
1: Okay, sure. I will say that it's definitely a work in progress. I started at the end of September and my role was completely new. I will also say though that Duolingo, I mean, everyone says they're mission driven, but like Duolingo, everything at, at its core is about the mission. So our mission is to kind of Make you know education you know quality education more universally accessible. Um, and so my social impact work and our social impact work is really around supporting that mission and helping to scale it and, and embed it in our culture so that everything we do, from the way that we you know uh, enhance our product to the way that we market ourselves to the way that we in- engage employees to the way we show up in the world, um, is around that mission. So that I think our social impact is really is centered in on that. Because our mission is driven by our vision, which is to kind of like help tackle economic inequality around the world. Um, and so everything that we do is around that vision and that mission, including our social impact work.
0: Got it. So you started in September. So you're you're basically building this new program from scratch. And right. which is, you know, a lot of individuals go through that, where they're new to a company, they're building. Maybe it's their first time in this on a social impact team, or they're like yourself leading a new team or leading a new function, and they're building something from scratch. Uh, where, like, where do you, where did you start in terms of starting to build that program? What are some of the things that you focus in on first?
1: My first three months was really about relationship building, both internally and externally. So, I met with as many duos. We call our employees duos. I met with as many duos as I possibly could, and gratefully, it wasn't a it wasn't a hard stretch for me because they were like asking to meet with me or like setting up times in my book or like sending me Slack messages like Hey, can we get coffee? So I'd never met so many people at my place of work in such a short period of time, um, uh, and I felt like really known. You know, like every time new employees start, you know, they are introduced at a all hands meeting, so you know, everybody that works there around the world gets to meet these people at the same time, which, you know, granted we're not that big yet where we can still do that, um, but that was really impactful. But also externally, I was setting up coffee dates with local organizations and um, local, you know, leaders, anybody, a lot of times it was people who just said they wanted to meet me and I'm like, sure. Um, just trying to really get to know, even though I knew the neighborhood and the community pretty well, cause I grew up in Pittsburgh, wanted to really understand it in the current context, what, what people's perception of Duolingo is and was, and um, you know, you know, how would they want to partner with us or just what it is that they're interested in. So I've just really been in the relationship building phase for a lot of this time. Um, And that was really helpful to me to now start to think about what a strategy looks like. Um, And it's kind of shaped what I'm doing now is those first three months of just like coffee dates, you know, three, four times a day.
0: So you got you so you checked the relationship building box and so now you're focused on building up the program and structuring it. What is your vision for the rest of this year in terms of what you would love to see, but let's say this time in 2023.
1: Good question. I would say what I did learn from speaking to duos and starting a Duolingo is that social impact was already kind of like on the hearts and minds of everyone there and that like literally people Sent me a bunch of emails of stuff they asked about, but there was no one person that could handle them and field the call. So there were there was like a queue waiting for me of things that people were interested in. You know, oh, I want to, I want us to volunteer here. I want us to do something with them. I want us to do something with that. So social impact was already part of the ethos, and they would already they'd already started to do things, but there was no dedicated person. Maybe someone in marketing did something. Um, we have a person in finance who did a lot only because he's from Pittsburgh and really knew the knew the neighborhood. All right. Um, so really what I see as my role is operationalizing a lot of that. But what I'm really focused on this year is two things, is employee involvement, really cultivating a, like an intentional culture around social impact so that when duos come to me and say, I would love us to do this, and I can say, well, well what is the part that you're playing in that? Because our social impact efforts are only going to be as impactful and as strong as the duos who make up this space and that it needs to be a culture of it. It can't just be me, right? It can't just be, where is Duolingo as an entity going to give? But like, where are you giving and how can we support that with matching gifts? Um, You're new to Pittsburgh, you know, never volunteered before. What are you interested in? Well, let me introduce you to this organization. So um, I'm trying to kind of cultivate a pool of organizations across different kind of, you know, causes and, and areas of interest. And um, part and match those up with duos who are interested in these different areas to get folks volunteering, whether it be hands-on, skill-based, to kind of create programming to teach duos how to give because some people just don't know where to give and where to start. Um, you know, bringing information to them about board service, what that looks like, and how that could support their professional development and career development, and just you know cultivate you know something for them as a human being as well. So employee involvement. The other piece is just being a good neighbor. Uh, first and foremost, in our headquarters town in Pittsburgh and more specifically in the East Liberty community. Um, East Liberty is a historic neighborhood in Pittsburgh that has a storied past of being like super rural and then becoming like a place that where the rich industrialists like Mellons and all those families had big, these like kind of big homes and became a thriving business district and urban redevelopment sort of kind of reshaped it and it became, you know, it, it just kind of changed the community. And now with all the tech companies and the change coming, it's a, a gentrified neighborhood and, you know, we are right on the main business corridor. And so, you know, we wanna make sure that yes, we're there and we have an impact on that, but we wanna then, you know, be a good steward over that, you know, that privilege of being there. Um, and so we wanna be a good neighbor. So those are my two focuses. And then eventually as we expand out into 2023 and beyond, how can we also be a good neighbor in other places where we operate? We're in Berlin, we're in Beijing, we're in Seattle, we're in New York. And then uh, build upon a global strategy rooted in the things we care about, which is um, quality education, not just language education, but all different forms of education through technology.
0: Can you give me an example of how you're thinking about operationalizing Program Because I know there's a lot of moving parts when it comes to social impact programs, a lot of different directions one can go. What do you think about your vision, the company's mission, what the employees care about? What are some of the first steps you're taking to operationalize your efforts?
1: I think the first is that piece that I sort of talked about where um, is kind of like the matchmaking between organizations and duos, not necessarily me having to be a middle person, but just making those opportunities available. So one thing that one thing I started is doing a lunch and learn series, where an organization can come in and talk about their work during lunch, and duos can learn more about it, decide if they want to get involved, or decide if they want to give. Um, you know, keeping our database of the of the uh, of the system that we use for giving and for volunteer opportunities, keeping that up to date, um, and really learning all the things that it can do so that I don't have to do everything manually and send out a million emails, but can just kind of start to cultivate a a habit of using that as our kind of central social impact kind of uh, dashboard almost. Um, The other things that I'm doing is operationalizing things like we have a community arts fund where we've given money to local artists to do public art installations or programming in the community. Um, now I'm trying to create a, like a very clear process around that. Is there an application? When is does it do? Like, uh, what are the, what are the criteria with part times of the year so that people can feel like they didn't miss an opportunity because they just didn't know they weren't in the know. I'm um, doing better about communicating both internally and externally, what our social impact efforts are. Do we do grant making? Do we do sponsorships? If so, what are the criteria? Um, again, just so things are clear and we're equitable and people understand, you know, what our goals are and to make sure that they can align with what we're trying to do. Um, And right now I'm really working on kind of crafting those pillars, right? What are those areas of giving? What are those areas that we wanna focus on in our social impact work, both in the short-term and long-term?
0: Got it. One thing I wanna go back to, um, you mentioned, so going back to your PhD um, and doing the deep research, what are some of the resources that Um, you found useful when it came to learning about social impact and what other companies are doing, because this is something that a lot of people that listen to the podcast and in the social impact world community want to learn more about is what are other companies doing and what resources are out there and available for me to, to learn and to grow my own professional career.
1: You know, for me, a lot of those websites that, you know, obviously they're trying to sell a product, right? So there are products for social impact and corporate social responsibility, where they're selling these sort of you know, you know software services for people who want to bring social impact into their uh, into their fold. Well, most of these companies are spending a lot of money as part of their marketing of like having webinars about social impact and they're bringing in leaders, podcasts like this. Um, you know colleagues looking at my LinkedIn and looking at colleagues who are friends with another colleague who does this work and then sort of being introduced. Uh, and then once I find out who are the, the best people who do what I do in my industry, finding out about them and then reading everything I possibly can about them finding every panel that they're on and every conference that they're on. I've watched so many you know, videos of people who do this work and it's like even listening to your podcast, I was hearing some of the work that people were doing and I like felt so affirmed because I'm like, oh, okay, I'm doing something like that. So I'm on the right track, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so podcasts are, have actually been really helpful, but yeah, really uh, using, what's out there and using those websites, webinars have been uh, uh, valuable. But I think the first and foremost is finding someone or finding people who are doing what you do or what you're trying to do in a like similar organization and in a similar or the exact same industry and learning all you can about their career trajectory, but then also what they're doing. Not because you wanna replicate what they're doing, but you can glean from them what makes sense based on your current context. That was probably the biggest thing for me.
0: Yeah, I like to call those individuals silent mentors, yes. where it's like you're following them, you're learning from them, even though they're not directly having conversations with you, you're just taking bits and pieces you can learn from you know, their experiences, what they're already putting out there in the public, and kind of bringing it into the fold and and figuring out ways that you can be applied to your own career.
1: Absolutely. I also have great access to the non, one thing about Pittsburgh is that for a city of our size, we have a thriving kind of philanthropic community. We have one of the like the, the biggest, I think for a city of our size, like we're like in the top 15 of like philanthropic giving in the in the country. Um, you know, there's obviously a lot of old industrial money here that has made its way into different forms of philanthropy, but also our nonprofit community is pretty strong and pretty kind of connected. And I have been fortunate enough over the past seven or eight years since I've been coming home or to connect with those people. So really understanding, where the gaps are and what they're doing right so there's a limit to some of the stuff that they're doing so what is it that industry can do to fill those fill those gaps so again not to look at people everyone as a competitor but to look at people as like how can we support the work that other people are doing to fill in gaps around what's needed how can we fill in gaps with our education system how can we fill in gaps with our nonprofit and our government through industry we have some of the most brilliant people in our work in the world working with us, how can we use those resources, not just money, but use those intellectual resources to, to make change.
0: Okay, last question for you.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. So you take into account your experience on the volunteering side, the work you've did what you've done with nonprofits and now in your, your capacity with Duolingo, what is the most meaningful thing about being in a social impact profession?
1: I mean, mine is very specific to where I am, I think. But for me to be able to come home to Pittsburgh, to work for like now one of the, I think one of the hottest companies out there. Everyone, when I tell people I work at Duolingo, they're like, oh my gosh, you work at Duolingo, right? People, I have friends all over the world. To work for a company like that, but get to to be able to serve the communities that kind of helped shape me, right? To be able to go back to places and say, you know, when I went to middle school, we used to come here and go there and we would get coffee right there. That store is no longer there because they couldn't afford to rent anymore, but we want to make this a better place so another store can open like that, right? To be able to do that on such a local level, but still with such a global focus for a company that's making such an impact globally, uh, but to still have that kind of local tie that has such a, um, an important part of my you know, formation as a, as, a, as a human being, but also as a professional, is really, really, um, I feel very blessed to be in that
0: position. Absolutely amazing. Well, Kendra, that's all I have for you. Thank you so much for joining me and telling me about your career and what Duolingo is up to. I know the people that will be listening to this podcast will definitely learn a ton from you. So thank you so much for joining me.
1: Thank you, Jeremy. Appreciate it.
0: This episode is brought to you by Social Impact World, the exclusive community for social impact leaders. To learn more, go to www.socialimpactworld.com. I'm Jeremy Brown, and thank you so much for tuning into this episode of Behind the Impact.